Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me today is Brian Malkowitz in the studio hey. and our guest, Paul Tassie from Forbes. Paul, how's it going today? Good. Thanks for having me back. No problem, dude. Thanks for, you know, jumping in last second. So a little behind the scenes. Brian is going to Gamescom today, basically. Tomorrow. Tomorrow Fly morning. To well, I'm going to London first. Yeah. Going to London first. You got to go. You got to pack. You got to go to London. It's a rough life. I'm going on Friday. We have lighting guys coming in tomorrow, so the studio spaces aren't available Wednesday and Thursday this week. CJ has tr- betrayed us and gone to Bungie. We're losing CJ as a producer, yeah, so there's so. a lot going on. So the good news is you get an episode earlier in the week, this week. Uh, next week, we're hoping to get Bungie on for an FTC mm-hmm. while we're in Germany, yep. so we'll be trying to get you that Stay tuned for more. That'll be next week. And then I'll be back and you'll get jet lag, Destin. If I get a chance, because Luke released his thing today, that's largely what we're going to be reacting to. I will do a live stream on Thursday if I can. Kind of going over the live stream that's happening tomorrow. The other two updates that Luke is going to be doing, Luke mm-hmm. Smith. And oh, yeah. it's four. There's only two? It might be four total. Three total. Three total. Okay. Yeah, Thanks. three total. Yeah. So two more. Whatever. Lots of stuff happening this week ahead of Gamescom, both at IGN and with Bungie's announcements. Let's get into the reveal. Paul, what is the biggest talking point that you think you took away from this, oh, this note? You put, it, <laughs> you put it in there earlier. It's hard to know where to even yeah. start. I'd say out of everything he talks about, it, it's 4,000 words. It's really yeah. long and awesome. I, I love that he did it. Me too. Um, I, I'd say the biggest point out of that is he spends a lot of time talking about what went wrong with Season of the Drifter. Yeah. Like this whole thing is kind of like what they could have done better over the past year. And he talks a lot about kind of why Season of the Drifter was lacking in all these different areas and mm-hmm. kind of an exploration of how that happened. And it, it's kind of a fascinating look behind the process because like we all kind of agree that it was bad but like to pinpoint why it was bad so specifically is is interesting to hear coming from him specifically yeah i i won't speak for for paul but we largely like gambit right brian yeah or, i mean yeah, yeah. Gambit's great there's nothing wrong with gambit yeah I mean, like but, but dedicating an entire quarter yeah, basically exactly. of your games released to one mode and yeah the reckoning was in there mm-hmm. but the reckoning gave you stuff specifically for gambit Gambit. exactly and it it is really really cool to see uh luke smith kind of go back and be be like yeah we we kind of messed up here and here's why reckoning happened Mm -hmm. and everything so so overall um i just want to say at the top of the show that i absolutely love that they're doing this this open clear communication about their struggles internally and just the openness How, how did you like it paul do you like this level of uh transparency yeah, I mean, I, I was joking in my my summary article that like I could really write an article about every paragraph. Yeah, <laughs> he said in that piece because it's just, it's such condensed, interesting information, kind of behind the scenes. And we have two more entries of this, which is just mm-hmm. going to be 
massive and it's not something you see from very many developers ever like you, you you don't get this level of transparency and i think that's important for both bungie and the community especially now that they're on their own yeah uh how do you feel about it brian i'll just say that i think for me the biggest takeaway from this is that the the whole four thousand words to me just said warlocks are broken <laughs> and we're going to fix it sometime soon. And I feel like he talked a, about well so much. Yeah, in I, this I, he, exactly. Like yeah. this, all the, more than halfway through it, I was like, "My God, we're getting nerfed." <laughs> and like, it's it's probably mm -hmm. it probably makes sense. I mean, I feel a massive well of radiance and Luna faction nerf coming mm -hmm. on the horizon. Uh, probably even rally barricades too. I mean, those are you know mm -hmm. it, he talks about you know just infinitely unloading all of your weapons. So mm -hmm. I, I'm just. I'm just kind of mentally preparing for the fact that Destiny itself is actually probably going to become a harder game. Did he which mention? Is a good thing. Did he mention Rally Barricade specifically? No, he didn't because, mention Rally Barricade because, because that is a timed buff for like yeah, 30 exactly. seconds, right? It's yeah. not like you can yeah. do it infinitely, I, though it is it often. Is, yeah, exactly. It's it's not mm -hmm. so much that he mentioned Rally Barricades, but he mm -hmm. he you know he mentioned being able to just stand in a spot and just unload your weapon like at yeah. your will and just keep going mm -hmm. which is why he said in retrospect they wouldn't have launched whisper but whisper was launched at a time in destiny's history when we were feeling where low. where they had yeah. decimated our power level we didn't feel powerful at all and then that was sort of their and that's a great mission like which, i love that mission yeah and which was fine for a time like destiny like they say it's a live game so you know massive changes come to the yeah. game we have to adapt and grow it's still at its core the game we know and love so you know just because we can't use whisper of the worm all the time to melt everything in the game doesn't make it a bad game yeah paul do you have any thoughts because i got one big question for you afterwards <laughs> after my thoughts yeah um I, I do i interpret it the same way i think a well luna faction rally barricade nerf is coming mm -hmm. i mean he specifically he pretty much says that they designed reckoning around phoenix protocol warlock which is just wild to think yeah. about and like how can we <laughs> instead of nerfing that like how can we design something that's just so hard that you need this to get past it and i, I think they realize that that's a bad philosophy so they're not going to do that again but What's, what's your big question? Okay, so the one question that even he asks in the post, and that, Paul, you brought up, the, the big oh, takeaway yeah. is going to be, what are we going to land on, Gambit Prime or Standard Gambit as the mode that they're going to continue to give some love to? And I want to know what you guys would advise them to do, which mode you think is better. I'm really torn. I like Standard Gambit. I like that it's a match, a match, and if you're tied up, it goes into tiebreaker. But I also which is like, fine now, but it didn't used to be fine then because the, the they didn't final have, match didn't, wasn't a sudden death round. They did not have a sudden yeah. death before, yeah. And it's actually made some of the challenges a bit tougher, mm -hmm. like throwing in enough moats or whatever it was. I actually ended up getting it. Uh, anyway, but it was it, it's a tougher challenge than it used to be because we used to not have Sun and Death. So we have that mode, the traditional mode, and then we have Gambit Prime. As you know, you kill a bunch of ads, and then you just go into this ungodly long boss battle mm -hmm. phase, unless you're like unless on you're really point with and your you team. And you have your Well of Radiance yeah. and your <laughs> Mountaintops. Your Outbreak and Mountaintops, <laughs> yeah. And you can uh, get them on the... You can do it on the first, right? I a second maybe stack. Maybe hard, but second, I think you can... You it's can, usually you second. Can, yeah, yeah. Can, so second stack, second. you can pull it off. Um, anyway, so the question is, which one do you guys like more? And I'm going to throw it to Paul first because I can't answer this question easily. Um, I, I'm <laughs> a little unequivocal in mine. Since they changed it to Sudden Death and Regular mm -hmm. Gambit, a thousand percent Regular Gambit. Really? Prime just continues to irk me, and I don't particularly like the whole armor set thing because I 
only grinded out one set for <laughs> for the thing and like i don't have any desire to do the other ones and i kind of want to just use what i would normally use um in terms of my build paul sorry like mandatory sorry, but... sorry to interrupt you for a second you yes. only did one set for gambit how many sets did you do for solstice again <laughs> three but that is much <laughs> but <easier>. that's different <laughs> And you that's, don't have to play the reckoning. That's fair. That's fair. Part. I just wanted to um, just wanted to put that out there. And the I don't like the primeval phase at all in Gambit mm -hmm. Prime. I think it's terrible. I think there's way too much invasion. I think it feels like you're making just tiny, tiny incremental progress until all of a sudden you just blow it up. Yeah. And it's not it's just not enjoyable compared to regular for me. And like I played a lot of regular and like I'm not anti-gambit in the least, but if given the choice between prime and regular, I am always going to play regular, even if it's a little, if it takes a little longer or whatever. Okay. Um, well, let me ask you this. What if they adjusted that boss portion? Cause I do agree wholeheartedly that the boss portion is, is what's not great about gamma prime. It's too much of a tug of war, right? Uh, yeah. Somehow they either need to extend the amount of time where you're killing ads and reduce the amount of time that you're just doing that tug of war around in the in the boss. But then there's people that are, are doing it on two stacks, you know, mm -hmm. if you if you yeah. really have it down, you wait for the invade, kill the invader, melt. It could help. But then, I mean, there's still like issues with the invader sets and like locking down the bank. And like, I'm yeah. not particularly a fan of moat straining and things like giant blockers. And, mm -hmm. and it just... It, it overcomplicates things to the point where I just gambit is complicated enough. And then yeah. I think this adds even more levels that didn't necessarily make it better. And so like, I think it, prime would take a lot more tuning to get it where I want it to be than regular gambit would now. I think you can just change a little bit to, to regular gambit and it would be all right. But prime, I, I think there's a lot of work to do in prime. And if the mm -hmm. option is to just scrap it, I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah. I definitely hear what you're saying in that respect. What about you, Brian? I'm of the same mind as Paul that I think Gambit regular now is the superior mode um, mm -hmm. with the addition of the sudden death round. My only issue with scrapping Gambit Prime now is you you immediately devalue all the time and effort that a lot of people put into, you know, perfecting their armor and getting all that so, all, you know, and all that stuff by playing a lot of Gam uh, of a lot of reckoning. Um, but the other issue of that too is if if they move over and just do Gambit Prime only. Then now you have a gambit mode where where if you don't have a full gambit set on your team, you're yeah. probably going to lose um, in in most of those cases. Um, and then it just forces more people to play a mode that Bungie has outright said that maybe this wasn't the best design decision. Mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe making gambit prime the the final and the only gambit option is probably not the best route. So listening to you guys lay it all out. And just thinking about it from a resource need standpoint, in order for them to fix Gambit Prime, there are too many other things that would need to be changed. How moat strain, there, there's too many levels of complexity. Yeah. So I think resource-wise, they're probably going to look at how much of the player base is enjoying and playing Gambit. And honestly, I, I'm leaning towards standard Gambit personally also. Yeah, and, and, and like just thinking for them internally, they're probably going to go standard gamut, and it's the better mode. It, it, it is, is the, the it mode. is the better mode. Um, mm -hmm. in, in in opinion, I'm sure there's a lot. I mean, I read I read Reddit. I've I've looked at a lot of people's um, you know thoughts on this, and a lot of people were saying that Gambit Prime is the one that they want. Mm -hmm. um, what? Yeah, you know, I was yeah, exactly. So that 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 could help. If there's an internet poll, I'm going to rig it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, regular win. I think I think it's on Bungie too to make sure that if they do go Gambit regular only 
that they're going to have to retool the armor sets that they build with Gambit mm -hmm. Prime to work with mm -hmm. her traditional Gambit. Um, so that way, you know, all that stuff isn't devalued mm -hmm. and maybe make it obtainable without the reckoning. Yeah, traditional Gambit would need love also. Like, it's yeah. not not totally fantastic. Both of them and, aren't perfect. They have their flaws in their own ways. Yeah, and I, I think there are some ways that they could improve standard Gambit versus Gambit Prime. Because, yeah, Gambit Prime, I totally agree with you guys. That whole tug-of-war section is, it's it's annoying mm -hmm. more than it's it half is the fun. game. It's so yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. too long. Uh, I think that part of it would be easy to tweak, right? But you start bringing in the armor set complication, mm -hmm. and then, yeah. then it gets weird. Yep. All right, so what what are some of the other things that they talked about? Uh, Buff to scout rifles. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we don't um, have to skip all the way amazing. down. Amazing. Yeah. They, they did talk about scout rifles finally. Yeah. And Luke said he actually used it for one of the missions. And I was like, really? Use what? <laughs> scout oh, just, rifles. Just, he was talking about distant relations. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay. I'm yeah, like, nobody you, else but you, I guess. You did? Because yeah. <laughs> I used an AR that I shouldn't have. Yeah. Or Arbalist and like. Yeah, I was just surprised to hear that that he happened to use that one for that thing. Yeah, bust things like scout rifles, nerfs to mechanics that circumvent the ammo economy, refactoring of the way damage stacking rules work. We're going to talk about it in the next episode. So, so just for context, we're recording this. It's Tuesday afternoon. It's lunchtime. We don't here in know. San he didn't say when the next one's coming out. Yeah, right. Tomorrow, Wednesday. By the end of the, the, end of the week, both parts are supposed to come out cool. yeah this week the remainder will come up they're going to have their live stream with all the new armor stuff so so that's why i might be doing a stream on thursday sure. to at least talk maybe you could well you're gonna be in paris i'll be in I'm london gonna, i'm not going to london paris. you'll be in london you'll be, be in, in london. london yeah yeah so brian won't be on maybe i can get paul to call back in at the end of the week we'll see sure. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> anyway yeah so that's going on i largely my takeaway is that this this is great um the, the best thing that I heard in this entire update was pursuits are not where they need to be. <laughs> yeah. They recognized it. They called it out. They said they're not internally happy about it. And it's kind of nice that they recognize. It does make me question. I'm just like, at some point you were happy with this and you pushed it out. Yeah. Why don't you just keep it in the oven a little longer? Mm -hmm. That's what I don't get. Do you guys have that any thoughts on that? was a sad section <laughs> where yeah. he's like, don't look at Reddit. Yeah, don't yeah. look at Reddit. <laughs> Everyone Please don't sad. look at Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah, I, it is weird because like it's it's I don't know how they missed the mark on that kind of so widely when it, it came out to kind of universal hate. The new redesign they showed looks cool. I like the bounties mm -hmm. being their own little category that you can just kind of click through yeah. and they're not their own things. Yeah. Um, and if things stop moving around all the time, that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. like, I'm not opposed to the idea of like a pursuit stab like that, but the way it was handled was, was not good. Um, I'm hoping it's a little easier to get to on console uh, with all the menu lag. And I know, I know PC is getting a hotkey for it. So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'm stoked PC about that. PC wins again. <laughs> yep. They yep. always do. <laughs> for sure. Uh, they did talk about the, the storefront and microtransactions also. So getting to hear a little bit about um, the whisper, Brian, why don't you read that part? Which one? This part right here that is pointed at. For example, one? Yeah. For example, Whisper of the Worms ornaments were successful enough that it paid, dev cost-wise, for the zero-hour the zero hour mission rewards to be constructed. Yeah. And they, they were frank about, hey, here's the, the allocation of funds to mm -hmm. where your microtransaction costs are going. Which I think Bungie was open about those sorts of things. Even in Destiny 1, they were like, hey, these events and their microtransactions he rephrased more it. fun. In events in the future. He rephrased it because there was this super long drought where they had microtransactions in the You're game right. and nothing We're came of it. We're talking between Taken King and, <laughs> yeah. and Rise of Iron, yeah. that mm -hmm. longest drought in Destiny history. Well, there was that. And then 
from Destiny 2 launch until Black Armory, basically. Well, they like had, largely. I mean, they had Curse yeah. of Osiris and they had Warmind mm -hmm. and then. But, sort of. But this is the. If you're counting those as drops. The, this is. <laughs> well, no, those were paid for content yeah, yeah, expansions. Yeah, yeah. The, but to see this, to see it in writing that they are going to develop into that is. is yeah, they are utilizing those funds to develop further experience. I will say, like as it. much as it might hurt people to hear me say it, is when when he says things like this, it entices me more to maybe open my wallet to microtransactions mm -hmm. if it is actually funding things like Zero Hour and Whisper of the Worm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I might. I, might so I don't know. Well, I buy but, all the ornaments every time. There's a yeah. I might, really? Yeah, exactly. I, I, like, yeah. I might get a lot of like <laughs> hatred for it, but it's like if it if it's actually making them able to create those things, then why not? Especially now that they're independent. Not every, I yeah. Mean, not that they're like a charity or something. Of course. But, yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I do not like the development Real. philosophy of creating a creating a, a store that incentivizes you. I do like the idea of directly purchasable pieces mm -hmm. of content. I do like mm -hmm. that. Like, oh yeah, I want to do the raid. Like I can do that. Or you can just buy a bundle with everything enclosed. Mm -hmm. I don't like the idea of like ornaments that then may or may not go towards the development of a new thing. Cause we don't really know we, yeah, we don't what we're supporting when we buy those either. things. It's all a little mysterious still. So I'm still a little, eh, I don't know. They did talk about how the storefront's going to evolve a bit more. Paul, do you want to dive into that for us? And just like some of the strategies in the notes? Uh, is that the part where it's, it's about talking it. about like the storefront is going to get another round of enhancements. Oh yeah. The storefront's going to get another round of enhancements this fall too. Mm -hmm. We're going to move it to the director. So you don't have to go to the tower. We're giving it some class-specific content. For instance, if you are at three-fifths of the Optimacy set on your Titan, the cost to finish the set in silver will be reduced 60%. Yeah, that's a separate topic. Sorry, I'm just kind of, I kind of put notes well, all together about how they're evolving. The, I thought you were telling me to read yeah. the section. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're, you're doing fine. It's my bad on correlating um, those two together. Well, generally, I think mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to separate out cosmetics and power like for good now because when mm -hmm. they used to sell armor they would still have roles and yeah. they famously said that they were designing them to have garbage roles on them yeah. just which just makes me think like why why would i ever use it if you're intentionally putting bad roles yeah. on it exactly yeah. so that, and that's what i was always saying they should just take armor out of the store if they're going to have it like this because yeah. what's the point but now if they're completely separating the cosmetic look of armor and just making them ornaments then they're that i can see why they're doing that now and also he mentions the fact that they're separating even like the cosmetic of an execution move mm -hmm. with whatever the execution move does whether that's giving your team ammo or something like those are going to be two separate things so mm -hmm. now there's not really going to be anything in the store with any sort of roles or effects on gameplay that i can tell mm -hmm. like they're they're fully divorcing themselves which from is good that. Mm -hmm. how much bright yeah. dust do you guys have right now I have a little <laughs> over 30,000. Yep. Uh, I bought, Six, actually, I bought 60. the... Woo, you got 60? 60 Dang, man. or 60,000? I bought the Void 60, and Solar. Oh, wow. <laughs> I bought yeah. the Solar one, and I didn't like it, so I bought the Void one. I would have 35. I, I don't think I'm going to get I the know, I have 45, because I spent so, the 15 on the, yeah. the things. <laughs> I'm so tempted to get the Arc one, but I'm just like, I'm never going to wear this armor. I'm going to get some other armor I like in like a month. Why am I spending my bright dust on these? these I don't know, man. The armor is pretty cool, especially with the clothes. <laughs> it is cool. It is cool. You really think you're going to be wearing that in a year? A year? No, yeah. but in the next like three months, sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, spent 40 hours on it. I got to get some of these. <laughs> yeah, you did all good three. As possible. You did all three. Yeah. Uh, some other stuff they talked about. Uh, we're continuing to try and separate 
Capability slash gameplay from Vanity, Armor 2.0, and Universal Ornaments are big parts of this separation. This is why finisher perks are mods that can be socketed into equipment so that their aesthetic can stand alone, which is what Paul was getting at two seconds ago. And uh, that's that's good to hear. Yeah. I like hearing that they're still keeping that philosophy of keeping paid stuff away from gameplay stuff. Mm -hmm. That's how it needs to be. They also talked about Menagerie. Brian, what did they say about Menagerie? That it was probably the worst thing that came to Destiny. It's not what they said <laughs> at all. <laughs> they said that the Menagerie is great. Uh, yeah. See, it's on topic. Or you want me to read that part right there? You can read it if you want, or uh, just, yeah, I know you read the Menagerie, it's great. We want to do more activities like this, but in the context of what we learned in that way, yeah. it can better support over the long term. Yeah. They were also saying... Additionally, you know, were, don't expect it in Shadowkeep. Yes, yes. They were, mm -hmm. they, you know, they were also comparing it a lot to like a mode, and he went on a lot about Escalation Protocol and how that was like a great base for things like, mm -hmm. like, um, like the Menagerie. Yeah, it was like sort of organic. It was annoying that you had to do like the matchmaking thing, but like they recognized that they were on to something. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, that, that happens. You know, we get something and then they evolve on it and it yeah. just gets better over time. So. Paul, did you like EP, Escalation Protocol? Well, so I back in Warmind, I skipped it because I, I the whole matchmaking thing and like jumping in and out of groups like that mm -hmm. was too annoying to me. So I just I mostly skipped EP because this was back also when EP was a lot easier to fail when you weren't right. like, way over leveled for it. So I didn't come back to EP until essentially this summer when I was doing the Wayfair grind, and I played a ton of it this summer, so, and it was it's really fun because you can beat it with three or four people now. Yeah. So what you're saying you, is you never experienced Ikelos in its strongest. I did not. I, got I still what a what a beast of a gun that was. <laughs> yeah, it's still good, but it's yeah, still great. Imagine. Yeah, but I mean, back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you go for the the primary shoddy from oh the uh, threat level. Yeah, threat yeah. level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So that was good to hear. Menagerie. Don't expect it in Shadowkeep because they're learning the lessons from it now. Yeah. So whatever comes after Shadowkeep mm -hmm. is going. And I'm to sure Shadowkeep has a lot of stuff in there. What do you mean? Don't expect it in Shadowkeep. Don't expect another six man activity, or don't expect like don't expect anyone to play Menagerie. Well, there he said something along the lines of the fact that he's learning lessons from it still. So they didn't necessarily okay. implement a similar activity to that. So oh, like a new he, activity. yeah, okay. he talked about how design wise that often feels like a step backwards to the community, mm -hmm. but it's actually just because they didn't actually get to like collect data and like see they how didn't have, they didn't have enough time to collect to data because shadow keeps still happening, happening while shadow, black armor, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. And finally he, he had two points. He said, he was talking about some of the, the good stuff that they'd done recently. He said, I'm always going to focus on opportunities for improvement rather than celebration. So, so don't expect him to be patting himself on his own back during these updates. He's going to be looking at lessons learned and how to improve in the future. Mm -hmm. And going forward, they're going to be talking about stuff like supers and PvP and Destiny 2 armor, stats, mods, and trade-off powerful sources, prime engrams, and the world damage numbers, damage stacking rules, and more. And that's about everything for the first update. So... All in all, r run us down all of your takeaways from this, Paul. Like, um, I would I'm say trying to wrap my brain around it. <laughs> they, they've learned probably the most from Reckoning and, and Gambit Prime and the Season of the Drifter, and they're going to avoid a lot of those design mistakes. And like, they call them design mistakes mm -hmm. like, very clearly. So I think they know what not to do. I think they've learned the takeaway I get is that they definitely know people like working towards specific loot, whether that's Black Armory rolls or Menagerie Chalice rolls. So I think they're going to do more specific grinds like that in the future. Um, microtransaction stuff, I guess we'll see. It'll be purely cosmetic, but they're not 
probably going to be as generous with the cosmetics as they used to be. Um, mm. But I, all in all, I mean, I just, I appreciate this kind of honesty. I'm really looking forward to the next two parts of this and the armor stream to see all the stuff that's coming and what they did learn. So I, I think it's going to be a, a fascinating week. Yeah, there's so much more coming. Brian, what are your big takeaways? Big takeaway one, obviously the Warlock nerf, Luna mm -hmm. factions, you know, shooting endlessly without having to reload. That's probably something that's going to, for better or worse, go away at some point. I don't, I don't think it's going to go away completely, but it's just going to be much different than we, what we have now. Um, I think that going, going back to microtransactions, um, like you said, they're going to be a lot less generous with microtransactions, but I'm hoping that they don't, or sorry, with the cosmetics, with microtransactions. I'm hoping that they don't go away completely from having cosmetics earned through gameplay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like they're fully moving away from that, but there, you know, there's very little ways to get cosmetics in the game through gameplay. Like, I think there's only one emote in the game that you can get through the gameplay, and that's a Spire Star, Spire Stars emote. Um, and that's, I guess, that's not including the tribute hall emote that you can get if you get all 50 mm -hmm. tributes. But right now, it's like. I have this feeling that come Shadow Keep, maybe there's not going to be a lot of cosmetics in the game outside of the storefront. Yeah. Um, my big takeaway is that this is great. I like hearing behind the scenes developer stuff. There's kind of a breath of fresh air when you hear that they are they are hearing us, what our complaints are, what challenges we're facing with yeah. the game. Also watching and seeing how we're sort of making the game too easy in some mm -hmm. ways, like, sorry, Brian but well is probably going to be adjusted. Yeah, I mean, it's also <laughs> fine. Like, it, it was, yeah. it's the crunch. It's 100% a crunch. It's time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably time. And, like, you know, just, just with Destiny 1, our crutch, the Warlock crutch was self-res. They got rid of it in Destiny 2. We've moved on. We figured out a way to live without it. And well came along. Now we got used to it. We'll figure out a way to get, with, get on without that as well. Um, here's the weird thing coming around the corner. We're about to, we're about to get shadow keep, right? Yep. We're going to be talking to them at gamescom. And I honest to God, I don't even know what to ask them where they're going to be doing an well, armor, I mean, armor 2.0 stream. Right. So we're going to understand the new armor mechanic. We're going back to a location that we had in destiny one, the moon Eris is coming back. There's a story plot line there. Mm -hmm. What do I, I don't know what to ask. I think I kind of <laughs> know what to expect, what to you know, expect. like, like I'm excited for shadow keep. You can ask things that people want to know. Yeah. Is the Crota raid coming back? They're not going to tell us that, though. Of course not. So it's like Crota himself is coming back. We know yeah. that. But. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so yeah, nightmare, Crota. I'm I'm largely taking a wait and see approach because this is going to be. I feel like it's going to be a dramatic change for what Destiny is. Yeah. How they deliver content. They said they're leaning more into the RPG mechanics and such. And uh, at the, oh man, uh, he said at the the top of his blog. I have it up here. Um, we're making a lot of changes to Destiny 2 with Shadowkeep and New Light. We want Destiny 2 to be an amazing action MMO mm -hmm. in a single evolving world. Single evolving world, by mm. the way, that you can play anytime, anywhere with your friends. Is it That's mean, their goal. That's their content. Goal. I, I'm just having this feeling with Shadowkeep that like, like we're, it's, it's like a new title launch almost. Mm -hmm. Like so many like changes are coming to the game that I feel like there's just like a new destiny on the horizon. To me, Shadowkeep is about breaking down all the barriers that have been built up through, you know, partnerships that necessarily that didn't necessarily facilitate uh, communication across platform. Yeah. And now, like, I can play with my PlayStation friends. I can play with everybody but my Stadia friends because they're like walled off. They're walled still, off. Little corner. You know? How many Stadia yeah. friends do you have? Zero. <laughs> I might. I know I'll play on Stadia for a future. Stadia. That's the only. That's the only person I know that. If I could, 
I gotta I gotta do a little bit of research, but like once Stadia comes out, if I can't put my save there and then take it out, well, I think you're supposed to, right? You can. Uh, is, is, is it supposed to work not, to where it's not crossplay, but you can yeah. you can jump your account between Stadia? Isn't and other it? Places. Isn't it? Isn't it? Aren't they setting it up to where you you do it one time per platform and you're never having to like transfer saves ever again? For everything else, that's how it works. So. Stadia is being weird. Oh, I gotta do a little bit more. Weird. I gotta do a little bit more research on the Stadia thing. So. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really cautious because what's that player base going to be like? Anyway. The least well, populated, we'll for sure. The fact that it doesn't play with PC is just bizarre to me. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense because yeah, they're just, clearly running well, on they, PC they, architecture. They, yeah, but they, they, want, they want Stadia to be its own platform. Sure. Yeah. I would buy, I would, get, I would get Stadia exactly, in a yeah, second if I knew my PC account played with other PC players. Oh, yeah, for That sure. is the one that, that yeah. is sort of a weird yeah. gray area to me. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. When you play on Stadia, you only play with other Stadia Stadia owners. The right. fact that it doesn't play with PC is right. yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. weird roadblock. Anyway, yeah, that that's everything. Those are my takeaways. This is largely a reaction piece. I want to make sure you guys had an episode of Fire Team chat. And thank you, Paul, for answering the call last second. I hate you. I'm like, yeah. hey, you want to do an episode tomorrow? <laughs> I'm always here. I'm free. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> great. Thank. We really, really appreciate go. it. And Brian, yep. yeah, you're heading out to London. Safe, fly safe, my yeah, friend. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it for this episode, everybody. Stay tuned on Thursday. I'll try and do a live stream, try and get something together to talk about all the other news of the week before I fly out. That's it for this time. Until next time, everybody. Guardians, Guardians out. out. You got you to own it, Paul. You got to own it. I didn't know if it was going to be <laughs> delayed or not. <laughs> we'll get it in post. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.